so let's actually talk a bit more about that actually in terms of starting yourself. Some people might get put off when they see they're building their in their twenties, maybe early thirties or going to late thirties as well. They and even forties, whatever man, people are living much longer as well. But um, yeah, they might see uh, the company you know the starting yield is fairly low and that might put them off and um, but it's actually a decent really good company why might that not be the best reason to you know or the only reason to just put um you know be put off by that yeah i mean i don't think you should ever invest in any company just because of its dividends mm. um or just because of its dividend yield to be more precise um because you don't really know what's going to happen in the future and remember, companies don't just pay dividends, they increase the amount of dividends that they are paying too. Mm. So um, a part of your analysis is, is to understand the company, understand its sector, understand the market opportunity. Is a company and the industry still growing that will allow the company to consistently be more profitable, profitable, sorry, generate more cash. And obviously the more cash they can generate, we call that free cash flow, the more likely they are to increase the amount of dividends that they're paying as well. Okay. Mm. So um, I was speaking to someone and it's always a bit of a difficult concept to explain um, when I talk about yield on cost and that kind yeah. of stuff. But it, once you understand it, it works miracles. Um, what, what essentially what it means is, you know, if, you, if you're able to buy a company in a, a good time um, and the company's stock price today and the dividend yield today can be low and that kind of stuff, that's fine. That's fine because if the company can execute and grow and pay more dividends and that kind of stuff, and you reinvest your dividends, and then obviously the company um, also increases the amount of dividends that they're paying, that means in the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years, the amount of dividends that you will be receiving will be so much higher than somebody who's just starting to invest 20, 30 years later mm-hmm. because that person will pay a higher stock price than than obviously you did 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what yield on cost really means. It means if you buy today and a company is consistently paying dividends and increasing the amount of dividends, your yield grows as the company grows as well, even though initially it might look like a very, very small percentage. Yeah. You know, and uh, essentially, so everyone knows the, the famous deal that took place when Warren Buffett bought uh, Coca-Cola what he's getting now, right now from Coca-Cola will oh, not be the same as, as if me or you or any of our listeners bought Coca-Cola right now, basically. Exactly, exactly. That's the easiest way to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So essentially, if you're, and it should be a long-term play. If you're playing a long-term play, uh, buying, as you just rightly said, buying where the sun yield is, is fairly priced, but you've obviously done, that's not the sole reason. You've done your research into the company, et cetera. And um, that could be a joyful thing come the next 20 years or so. Yeah, look, un- unless you, you're someone who requires the income today, um, as I said, if you're someone who's retired, you should never invest in a company just because of its dividends. Absolutely. You should actually be making a business decision. Which I'm going to keep nailing that word into people's heads until it sits. When you invest in a company, you're making a business decision, not mm. a gambling decision. Mm. Um you should always think about the business and how the business can grow over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and that's the most important thing. I want to remind people that dividend investing is a slow process. It's not, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's not something that you invest in today and all of a sudden you're going to be a millionaire. No, it is a long-term game. And there's two kind of things you need to... Th- well, there's three 
contributing factors that allows you to grow a portfolio, right? The number one thing, or not or one of them, not number one, but one of them is time. So the earlier you start, the better, because then you've got a longer term horizon, which works better for you. Number two is your contributions. Yeah, how much money are you actually plowing into your portfolio? And for dividend investing, this is extremely important because when you buy more shares in a company, you are increasing your stake. Remember, dividends are paid per share. So the more dividends you pay, you buy, the more, sorry, the more um, shares you buy, the more dividends you get, regardless of the share price, regardless of the share price. If the share price doubles or triples tomorrow, that doesn't increase your dividends. And I know that really confuses a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's more about the shares that you hold because dividends are paid per share. So your contributions really, really, really matter for dividend investing. And the last one is the performance. You want the companies to perform well, to increase in its share price, um, which adds to your total return, and obviously to grow in the industry, become more profitable, and obviously pay more dividends as time goes on. Fantastic. And um, Jazz, I guess we'll go um, into like uh, the different types of dividend companies, so your aristocrats, kings, champions, etc. But before we go, then, um, obviously, was is at, is on everyone's mind at some point when they've entered this uh, journey is how much or should my dividend portfolio be so I can be receiving I don't know five hundred pounds a month or two thousand pounds a year, whatever. But yeah, if you can break it down in probably simpler, obviously it's not as clear cut as that. <laughs> yeah. But if you can break it down um, so people can have a rough idea of what one could be aiming towards and um, understanding that this is a slow and, and here on the World, uh, World Finance, we always encourage that slow and steady wins the race with, of course, some decent risk um, involved as well. But yeah, let, let's start to get into some of the numbers, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I, I want to start off at the top level. Um, so if you are someone who has a, a you know, a bulk amount of money um, and you, uh, let's say someone who's got a nest egg, a, let's say a retirement pot. That's actually, this, this is how pensions actually work. Mm. Um, whatever your pot is, you can expect, if you was to invest in dividend paying companies, the likelihood is you can invest in companies that pay a 4% yield and be okay with that, mm. right? We call that the 4% rule. Um, so if you, let me get my calculator out. <laughs> Um, let's let's say somebody invests uh, 500,000 pounds and that's how much they've got in their pension pot, right? And they invest that that day. So they, let's say that day they, they decide to invest in um, dividend paying companies that pay on average a 4% yield. They can expect to receive 20,000 pounds per year in dividends alone. That's irrespective of capital appreciation. Also, that's, that's irrespective of the fact that the portfolio will not go to zero. That's what the 4% actually the 4% rule actually means. It means you can actually withdraw 4% and receive 4% of things like dividends. And obviously you don't lose your actual principal. Okay. Remember that's if, if you're literally starting to invest in dividends with a massive um, lump sum. But if you're starting from, you know, from scratch and you're investing in dividend growth companies, right? It's not really about the, the, the lump sum is not really about that. It's just about how, you know, how aggressive you are and how disciplined and consistent you are with buying more shares, let's say every single month. Because these companies, as I said, and this is why it was important to describe what dividend growth is. These companies increase the amount of dividends that they pay. So it's not directly linked to just your nest egg. 
is linked also to the performance of that company and how much they can grow. But if you're investing today, right? If you're investing a thousand pounds today and you're going for a dividend, um, a dividend stock that pays a 4% yield, you can receive 40 pounds per annum. And most, for example, American companies pay per quarter. Mm. So then um, that 40 pounds will be paid to you quarterly, which is obviously 10 pounds per quarter, if that makes sense. Mm. Absolutely. Um, And that's that's really clear, actually. And as you said, most companies pay per quarter. Some pay a little less, some pay a little more than that. And of course, you can do their own research um, into that as well. Yeah, yeah. And and as you know, in in the UK, most of the companies that we... um, we have here the best established companies and they tend to pay on a semi-annual basis. So mm. half yearly, um, and some even pay yearly. Some American companies pay uh, monthly and yeah. you find that most of the monthly paying ones are um, real estate investment trusts um, because that's part of their business and their business model allows for that. Yeah. Um, the truth is when you're creating a portfolio of dividends, um, you can have a mixture of all types of companies in there. And if you are very uh, prudent and intentional, you can be paid every single month by having a combination of quarterly paying stocks, yearly, half yearly paying stocks, annually paying stocks, and even some monthly paying stocks as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess when you mentioned starting from scratch, what's so exciting about that is, um, you know, if you've got a good, I don't know, 20 to 30 year time horizon um, in, in plan, you know, you're adding uh, stocks to your portfolio of funds, dividend paying uh, funds, etc. Um, you're getting some growth um, appreciation. You're getting increase in dividend uh, payouts as well yeah. uh, over the period of years, compounding as well. You're reinvesting dividends. So there's so much happening. So even if you were to try and calculate a number, it might be way beyond that because so much is happening. And it might be a little less than that, but it's just so exciting and to see, especially when you have the aim of, I'm not going to take out nothing from here. I'm going to keep just contributing over time, averaging in, regardless whether the market is up, down, I'm going to yeah. do that for the next 20 years or so. So yeah, yeah, that just excites me. Look, never ever underestimate the power of compounding. Compounding mm. is the A for not of the world for a reason. It's amazing. Um, and you know what? Every time I've, I've taught someone or I've mentored someone or consulted someone and they've started a dividends portfolio, and I feel the same way, when you get those notifications... <laughs> <laughs> When I get those notifications, that's a cookie. You've just been uh, paid a dividend from this company. Listen, it yeah. gets me so excited. Yeah. Because it's dividend investing, in my opinion, is the truest form of passive income. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and yeah, man, it's it's and you mentioned those notifications when you start off. You know, generally people are starting with slightly smaller sums of money and adding to it. Those notifications, it might be small sums of money, but listen, oh, it over time, I don't it care. Could be, <laughs> <laughs> it could be two p, <laughs> but it just keeps adding. And over the years, it just, and then what starts to happen is once you start, um, if you've got two figures in your portfolio, then three figures, then a grand, and then into five figures, the money just starts building and working for itself. And it just starts building and building. And before you know it, people over years or whatever, people on six figures and beyond that, depending on what you're contributing. So it's just, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah that, that acceleration process really, really works. And I've seen it work in my own portfolio, mm. where you start with just a few hundred, then mm. you go to a thousand, um, from a thousand to 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 ten thousand, and then to ten thousand to obviously different digits. It really, really does speed up as time goes on, as long as you're consistent. 
The key words is consistent. Consistently mm-hmm. buying more shares, never taking money from your portfolio. You don't you don't receive a dividend and say, hey, what did he do? Yeah. Let me go buy some like these with these dividends now because I've just received <laughs> passive income. <laughs> That's not what we're trying to achieve here, you know. Um, in my opinion, I think you should uh, reinvest those dividends and, and compound that effect and grow your portfolio to the best that it can be over a long period of time. And, you know, increase your ownership in quality companies because mm. that's what we're teaching here in Walk Finance. It's all about ownership. Mm. We want to buy shares in companies so we own part of businesses and we grow with those businesses and obviously get rewarded for our investments through dividends. Mm. And just talking on that, actually, in terms of investing in quality companies, you always hear the, uh, the phrase is uh, dividend aristocrat uh, companies, dividend kings and dividend champions. Yes. Can you just give a bit of highlight, a bit more of that for people that are actually looking for quality companies or even funds to invest in? Yeah, sure. Um, so there are certain types of companies that have been categorized based on certain things. So for example, when we speak of dividend aristocrats, these are companies that um, belong to the S&P 500, which is the largest 500 companies in America, by the, the public ones anyway. And um, these companies have been paying and not just paying, but they've been growing the amount of dividends that they pay for 25 years. We call these companies dividend aristocrats. So 25 years or more to be more precise. And then you've got dividend um, champions. Dividend champions are similar to dividend aristocrats. I think the only difference is dividend champions may not belong to the S&P 500. They are just companies that you know exist and have been paying dividends for exactly 25 years or more as well. Um, so the, the, you tend to find that companies that are di- di- dividend aristocrats are also dividend champions, but not every dividend champion is a dividend aristocrat. Hope that makes sense. Um, and then you've got dividend kings. I like that term, dividend <laughs> king. <laughs> she called me a dividend king. No? <laughs> so dividend, dividend kings are companies that have been doing a similar thing, um, but they've been doing it for 50 years. Um, and that's, a, that you know, that's really exciting for most people because if you see a company that's categorized by one of these three, it gives you confidence um, to some level anyway, that they are probably going to continue doing this thing. If they've been able to do it for 25 years, 50 years, um, in those years, we've experienced some terrible market conditions. We've experienced uh, market turmoil. We've had crashes, we've had um, crises, we've had um, <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff, but these companies managed to continue um you know generating money and continue paying dividends to their shareholders so it is something that um some people like to see i wouldn't say purely just investing companies because they are dividend kings or aristocrats or champions but it is an additional factor that i think people can consider in their investment decision making yeah and i think you mentioned something really key we during those years we've gone through some crazy times including the time we're in right now and for companies to continue increasing their dividends um that says quite a lot about that company exactly yeah even in the year alone some companies have just completely stopped or decreased um and it's just been a crazy year for some companies yeah i mean in 2020 a lot of these companies um generally companies that pay dividends they either suspended it some of them Mm. postponed it some of them decreased it and some of them have cancelled it altogether. So, you know, as you just said, if, if a company has experienced these things and they still manage to pull through, that should give you some confidence. Absolutely. And that, uh, on, on that, actually, that's also just a reminder of <clears throat> we can't predict the future and, and dividends are not actually always 
guaranteed as well. So let again, going back to what you touched on before, uh, Jets, that investing in the company purely for its dividend uh, should not be the only reason because, yeah, dividends are, of course, not always guaranteed as well. Well, yeah, um, and remember, as I keep saying, I'm going to say this one more time. Maybe this is the fifth time I've said it. Business decisions, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, when a company um, obviously decides to postpone um, their dividends or cancel their dividends or suspend or whatever, that could be a good business decision. That could be a good business decision because that means they are you know, um, keeping some of that cash for a turmoil or, or so that they can, you know, keep some in their, in their own type of emergency fund potentially. And that's actually a good business decision sometimes. So, you know, if you understand the business, if you understand balance sheets and that kind of stuff, and you've bought a business that you really understand, then part of your analysis is also to keep up with some of these companies potentially on a quarterly basis. And if they decide to cancel the dividend, that may not be a reason for you to sell out of the stock as long as your objective is not reliant on the dividend, if that makes sense. Um, you, it might be actually a good thing that they've you know, paused their dividends in the short term so that in the mm. long term, they can bounce back up and pay the dividends and increase the dividends again. Absolutely. Um, Jacks, man, uh, some golden nuggets have just have been dropped throughout this entire episode. I think for our listeners, um, you know, some of these golden nuggets have been dropped. I know Jacks in your personal sessions outside of work finance, you, you tend to charge for this. Information. Oh, yeah, so I, I charge for just, this. Uh, <laughs> massive thank you. And, and for our listeners, please, um, if you haven't done so already, because this is very valuable information. Think of someone that you think this would be valuable to. It could be a family member, it could be a friend, it could be a spouse, whoever. But do you share this with them um, and do you continue to spread this conversation around and any of our other episodes and do the usual on social media, like, subscribe. So, Jax, we're going to probably close on one final um, golden nuggets, which is probably one of the most um, important bit probably to wrap everything that we've been um, discussing. And we've touched on it briefly as well, but I guess... You can, if you want, use yourself as an example, but I guess uh, depending on people's age groups, etc. what are some standard, basic, nice and simple strategies one can take when it comes to dividend investing without getting too excited? <laughs> First and foremost, um, I think I've mentioned it earlier on, you can start off with um, a very well diversified um, type of investment. So we're talking about ETFs, index funds and mutual funds that can potentially represent the core of your portfolio, potentially half. And then when it comes to um, investing in uh, companies, if you're going for dividend growth, in my humble opinion, I think you should potentially focus on the companies like the Microsofts, the Apples of this world, these well-established, very, very strong cash flowing business models and that kind of stuff. And these are obviously not the highest dividend payers, but they are growing their dividends and they're still growing as businesses as well. If you're going for dividend income, in my opinion, just go for the very, very well-established income companies, I would probably focus on some of those dividend aristocrats. Um, but I will also look to see if those companies are in industries that are not becoming obsolete. I think that's the easiest way to begin. Brilliant. And just on that, actually, um, when, because uh, I know, uh, again, we have uh, some listeners that are quite new to the investing world as well. Would you, um, I guess when you've got those companies, should that sort of be in one place? Should that be with a mixture of maybe non-dividend paying companies? How, like, yeah, do you have any sort of comment on that? Yeah, I mean, look, um, I think 
you know, it, it depends on what a person wants to do. Um, if they have separate portfolios, if they want to manage, manage separate portfolios for separate industries. So, so personally, um, now I like to manage different strategies on different um, platforms. Mm. So for example, um, on my YouTube channel, I have um, my growth portfolio, which I talk about um, on free trade. And then I've got my dividends portfolio on um, trading 212. Um, and then I've got my personal portfolio, which is um, on HO, which I have a combination of both. And I've got some funds there as well. So it really does depend on how the person wants to manage their portfolio. I would say one thing, a very, very key golden nugget is the type of account that you open is very important. Mm. Dividends are taxable um, income. Mm. So if you buy these outside of a pension or an ISA, you are likely, um, well, you have to declare it and you may end up paying tax even though we have allowances of about £2,000 per tax year. Mm. But yeah, I think if you are someone who's going to manage it, manage one specific portfolio on one platform, I like the idea of having a combination of growth stocks, dividend stocks, and, and funds as well. Um, but if you want to manage it separately, just be aware of the um, different types of accounts that you can open. And yeah, I like the idea of separating it out personally. Amazing. And you mentioned stuff such as ISAs and tax implications. Um, we've gone over this on some of our other episodes. Check out ISAs Explained, um, getting your finances ready for 2021. So please do check out some of our other episodes where we go into much more details about this. Um, so you can feel much more supported and encouraged in terms of what you are doing and your strategy as far listeners. Um, but Jax, man, really, really appreciate it. Was there anything else that comes to mind um, in this space as well? Because I think, yeah, we've just, we've touched on quite a lot, but if there's anything else that comes to mind. Um, there is one thing, I might have not said it yet. Uh, business decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I won't edit none of the times you said business decisions. But listen, guys, it's key. It, it is, man, especially in the world we're living in now. You know, Jax, I always say we're living in, what, what's the what, what's the phrase I use? Is it cuckoo land? We're living in cuckoo land where like everything, what did he do? <laughs> where everything seems to be going so great and well and, you know, it's 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 um yeah it's a strange time particularly for people that are joining this thing new so it's just yeah. very um important to make uh wise decisions and not yeah. run away I mean, with yeah the hype yeah. of the news and stuff exactly exactly i mean I'm, I'm very very big especially now on really trying to get people to think the right way and be very responsible and disciplined in their approach when it comes to investing and really understand that we are again investing and buying businesses not just hoping to buy some stuff and hope that the price goes up in the name of speculation and gambling. Absolutely. And on that note, Jax, we're going to say... Stay woke, stay woke, stay woke, guys. Stay woke, stay woke. Cool. <laughs> cool, man. Until the next time, yeah? See you there, mate. Nice, Jax. Take care. And to our listeners, remember all, stay woke.